This is Will Swan, and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. <clears throat> Those who are listening, um, no Russ this evening, so just myself, and I'm hoping that someone who was at the Gillingham game will be joining because I was not there. Let me... Bloody hell, Russ's voice has changed. Evening, how are we doing? Is it some gig or oh, something? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I would yeah, I'm all right. Are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. Were you at, uh, were you at the Johnny yeah, game? Yeah, uh, I weren't, but I watched it. Um, so I've, only seen, I've only seen highlights, so I can only... Yeah, I watched I don't the know full what game. the overall performance was like. I watched the full game, to be fair, so should be all right to give a, <laughs> give something, at least. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you think they played overall? Overall? Uh, well, besides last night, it's been story at season. First off, a bit slow, a bit more like all over the place. And second off, unbelievable, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, to be honest, we, we should have won the game. Even if that goal didn't count, which is controversial, I believe we still did enough to win that game. And what 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 did you think? What did you think to that goal? Because obviously, I've only, I've only seen the highlights, and obviously, I know it's caused a bit of a a scene up in Gillingham from what they think about it. But from from what I can see, the referee doesn't actually call the player. He gets his card out, but he doesn't actually like call the player over to book him. So therefore, if the quick free tick wants wants to be taken, it it can. Well, be. I don't know. I think personally, there's there's ways Gillingham could have stopped it. Um... Like instead of play throwing a paddy over the free kick, which was definitely a free kick, you pick the ball up, you do what all midfielders do when they create a foul in that position, and you pick the ball up and you walk off with it. Yeah, yeah. Ball but it. it was like I can see why they're mad. To be honest, if the play, if the ref's got the yellow card out, you think he's going to caution him, but end of day, these decisions are going to get made throughout. All four divisions uh, of professional football, and it's going to come back and bite you in the arse one way or another at the end of the season. Yeah, over, over the course of a season, we're going to have decisions like that go for and for and against us, and every other team. I mean, like, it's going to, it, it tends to bounce. I mean, out. it was like last night, and it weren't got it weren't game changing decision worthy, but it's like Aikens, he, he gets fouled about six or seven times a game and from people pulling on his arm or something like that and the the ref just doesn't give it so it does swing in roundabouts and I'm not going to lie the refereeing it overall is ruining the game I mean you see it in the Liverpool game you've seen it they've apologised about four times already this season and we're only in October like the yeah, I think the the overall standard of refereeing, like I say, it's not it's not just League Two, is it? It's across it's across all leagues. It just seems to be going going downhill rather than improving. What annoys but... me about it, Richard, is right. We pay all this money to go up and down the country. Every fan does. Every fan, whether you're a Mansfield fan or City fan, we all pay money to go up and down the country. We all pay money to watch our team play every week, and we pay our season ticket fees. We pay the train ticket fees. Like we do this because we want to watch a professional game, and at the minute we're just getting amateur decisions ruin the game, and the decisions that I wouldn't, I wouldn't even expect to see in Sunday league level. 
put it that way. And it, it's getting a joke, to be honest, because a lot of people have got a lot of money on going down, watching the club, even during the financial shit that we're going through at the minute. Like, football's being ruined by referees who are now being protected by the FA. Like, and that's the thing, like, they make bad decisions and it's it's the managers or players that come out and speak out against them that end up getting fines or bans or whatever and the referees just carry on next week as if as if nothing's happened. It, but It's Bob on. I mean, that referee in Liverpool game, I know we're, it's a Mansfield podcast, but the referee in the Liverpool game were the same referee who made the mistake in the United game when Onan has just cleaned out uh, Craig Dawson. It's like, where's yeah. where's their punishment? Where's their fine? Where... We're the ones, our players and managers are the ones losing out on, well, managing the team, playing for the club, or money. And end of the day, it's it's not on. And to be honest, if that's how we're going to be all season again, there needs to be a proper change. And all managers need to go into a meeting and say, you know what, look, these are the rules, like it or lump it. But as long as you know the rules, like the, the handball rule, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Evening, Tim. How are we doing? Good, mate. You? I'm fine, thank you. Were you? Uh, did you watch or go to the Gillingham game at the weekend? I went. Yeah, we went. It was home. Yeah. What, oh, what, what horrific journey! Like it was like five five <laughs> hours there, five hours back, mate. Never again. But <laughs> I'm glad it's only once a season. I know. Well, we my my son's trying to tick off all the uh, basically the the football league grounds. So it's like, oh yeah, we had to go really, but um, fair old trek in it. But I thought, I thought we did all right. I thought like for that first, we missed the first goal, so we didn't get there till ten minutes after kick off. Um, but second half, pretty dominant, um, and I just kind of hope that like the second half and last night is not the start of something. You know how these things can get in the heads of teams, can't they? Like, they can't finish chances off. It becomes a bit of a voodoo. I just hope that is not going to, you know, be a thing now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Obviously, I know uh, Keith Dunn's been our most prolific goal scorer, so we could do with someone else yeah. stepping up and, and backing him up with some with some goals as well. You can see, I mean, you can see why he's been prolific. I mean, you look at the way that they play, obviously, you've got... Um, Aikens and whoever else plays up front, uh, taking defenders away in a way, haven't they? And then it opens it up for Keeler Dunn. And I just think maybe teams are starting to work that out a little bit. Yeah. Just on the... And Harry, feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, there's only three of us. So, <laughs> um, just going back to Gillingham, that first goal, what... Oh, oh, obviously after Saturday and overall, what what do you both think of uh, of Lewis Brunt and how he's been and how that mistake will affect him at the weekend? And do you think he was dropped last night because of the mistake or for tactical reasons? For me, tactical reasons. I, I said it before. I think if you put him up against an experienced, I mean, as much as we think he's an absolute clown, uh, Ollie Palmer. If you put him up against an experienced Ollie Palmer <laughs> in the air, it, he's going to struggle. Um, but saying that, I think his ball playing is actually really, really good, and you can see why he's at an academy level. Um, well, for a once Premier League team, but now high end Championship team, you can see why he's there. 
But it's just his physicality last night. I think that Clough were thinking, you know, Wrexham's going to hoof it long. And I think it, it was the right decision to start Cargill, who's more physical, could probably deal with Palmer a lot better. And as we saw last night, Palmer kept chesting it down to Mullin. It, it was like, like a repeat. Every time they got the ball, it would just hoof, chest down to Mullin or Elliot Lee or something like that. So I, I think it, overall it was the right decision tactically. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that. I mean, let's face it. He's come to this team for experience, hasn't he? And um, I think that the game was probably a bit too soon for him. Like in terms of a spectacle. I mean, it's like obviously he's playing. He'd be playing in front of a, a biggest. Well, as it turns out, the biggest crowd for a long time. Um, in front of a big stand of vociferous Wrexham, Wrexham fans. As we know, sometimes it can get a bit tasty in terms of the atmosphere. <clears throat> I just think it was probably too soon for him. I think um, it was quite good, obviously, that Nigel Clough um, sort of volunteered the fact that it wasn't because of a mistake. I think sometimes with Nigel Clough, he can be a bit, I don't know. Brutal. He seems, yeah, brutal. He yeah, I mean, he doesn't mind throwing people under the bus every now and then, does he? If he, no. If he doesn't need to. Yeah, and I think that's the wrong, I personally I think it's the wrong thing. I don't, again, it depends. We only see what we see. Some players might respond to that. Some players might not respond to that. I can't imagine like an academy lad who's trying to get a bit of experience and trying to get a bit of confidence like that he would respond well to that. I think sometimes he, Nigel Clough is a bit throwaway with these comments. Um, so I was quite good that he tried to rewind that a little bit with um, with saying that it's not because of the mistake. But it'll be interesting to see um, what what team he goes for on Saturday. But I agree, I think Cargill did like he was fantastic. I think the, the way that defence played last night was just... You know, the likes of Mullin and Palmer were nowhere near. It was so frustrated for them, you could see. But it's that's because of the defensive display. Really, it's just awesome. Yeah, I think I think Cargill, uh, Cargill and Flint had a good partner. I mean, to be fair, anyone who comes in and plays alongside Flint seems to be, yeah. you know, he seems to take him under the wing, and it, it seems to be a, a decent partnership. But I think Cargill coming in last night was. In that, obviously, at the time, everyone, well, me and Russ and that were talking, and you're thinking, has he dropped Brunt because of his mistake? Because he does like to do that. But then, yeah. you know, looking at it from a physicality point of view, we said beforehand probably it, it was the right decision to bring Cargill in just for knowing that who he was going to go up against. But you know, Cargill playing well last night gives him a headache for the next weekend. He does. Does he? Does, yeah. he, does he keep Cargill in there, or does he? Does he bring Brunt back in? But I think it'd be interesting to see what, what which way he goes with that. Like. If if Brun's not in, then it's it's obvious that maybe the mistake was part like contributes to all that. Part he did mention he did he did mention um, he did mention a tweaked hamstring. I think on one of the interviews, Nigel Clough said he had a tweaked uh, Brunt tre- treated hamstring and um, he needed a bit of a breather. Was yeah, I know I know he did mention something about the door, the pencil of the game in earlier that he was going. I thought I said yeah. And uh, it, they decided to change it and, and go with last night's game, but uh, yeah, it's certainly I suppose it's a nice headache to have for a change, having several good fit players in the same position, not knowing which one to choose, rather than uh, yeah, 
wondering who's going to be fit enough to actually uh, I know. actually play the game. But it's amazing. It's amazing, really, when you think just how you know how much how much they transform that defense from like leaky, just makeshift. You know, it's obviously a really difficult problem to solve to what we've got now, where we are. Are we actually? Are we actually conceded the least, or joint conceded the least in the league at the moment? Uh, we have conceded the least by two goals. Farrow uh, and yeah. Gillingham are on eleven, and we're on nine. Wimbledon's on ten. All right, yeah. So that could be interesting. Um, yeah, but like I say, it's uh, it, it it's been nice to see. I think uh, since I think someone mentioned it yesterday as well. Since the when since we beat Wednesday on penalties, Pim's confidence seems to have gone through the roof, and he seems to be a, a yeah. different, gone up another level to what to what we've seen think, and on a regular basis as well. I think what does me is we seem a lot better different defending from uh, the front this season to last season. I think our press in midfield. Uh, we actually win a lot more in midfield than what we did last season. It's not like we go all guns blazing, then get caught out down the right or left-hand side and we get done in. It's like we're actually defending as a whole unit and we're winning the ball back high. We're creating chances from winning the ball back high and it, it's it's actually working for us. I mean, we just need to put them chances away. I think we, that's the be it and end all, to be honest, because I feel like last night we put on one of the best performances we have, but it got overshadowed by the fact we didn't put away chances. Yeah, I think that was, like you say, last last night, especially that, that first half. I mean, I don't think uh, Wrexham had ball in our half until about 20, 25 minutes in or possibly even late. And, you know, we'd had big chances. I mean, that the Davies Keeler done chance with his head. I, I mean, he could have brought that down and finished it with his foot. He had that much time, whether he wasn't given a shout or what. But, you know, it, it in the post twice and their keeper made some good saves as well. But, you know, it just it just felt like we could have still have been playing now, and it still would have finished nil nil. Yeah, it reminded me actually of um, you know, like those Tuesday night games that we used to have when Flick Croft was managing. They yeah, were, that, they, that. Yeah, it's kind of similar kind of feeling, wasn't it? Like they were very similar. Like we dominate really attract, attractive football, be really progressive and positive. And then, like, we just end up with a draw. And I just, I, I can't understand what it is about this team that they go through these phases of um, just not being able to finish games off. I think we had the same amount of draws under Flitcroft. I remember at the start of the season under Flitcroft, we would be, like, 1-0 up, cruising at home, and then they'd score in last minute. Yeah. And and I completely understand what you're on about, whereas, like, it's a Flitcroft Tuesday night game. We're controlling game. We should be winning. And... We've yeah. just like done nothing. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> How much of a difference do you both think it's made over the last couple of games? Uh, moving Davis Keeler done and playing him up front and not having him as the number ten because I thought last obviously I know we played well last night, but I think when when they made the changes later on in the game and Gale came on and he dropped Keeler done back into number ten, he seemed to get on ball more and have like several more shots than he had been. I think I think playing him up front, I think it takes something out of his game where you would rather have him as a number ten and then a Gale or a Swan up with Aikens. I thought I thought Gale did well when he came on. He he gave us something else, ran out defenders and 
I mean, it was that one where he's running down wing and he's had a shot from about 12 yards and he's tested keeper and got us a cup out of it. It gave us something different. It gave us um, a bit, not as quick and not as physical, but a bit of like a Reese Oates type where the ball's gone over top or gone through on goal and he's just ran with it and just shot. And he got his shot off. But yeah, I, I do feel like we do we needed a number nine in um, the summer and we haven't capitalised on that. But it's easy to say that after a nil-nil, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, I think Gale's like he's so close to being a brilliant player, isn't he? Like he's just not quite there yet. He's, I think a couple of goals are doing good in a in like this le- this season. He's so close. He's got every all the attributes. He's physical. He's aggressive. He's got height. It's interesting, you know, the de- the whole debate around should he have brought Swan on last night. Um, but I hate to say, it, I mean. You, Somebody like Mullin on our team would just absolutely get a bag full. You could see Mullin, although he obviously didn't get much of the game, you could see he was just poised, waiting, just circulating around, wasn't he? There was that one chance where <clears throat> he tried to kick it by the defence and run onto it, and I think we just Barry got a leg, uh, stuck his leg out and, and got the ball. And you think yeah. if he hadn't done that, it would have been game over. Like that, that just determination and that power and focused on scoring it's just you could see it in, in his eyes it was incredible it's like he was itching for a chance wasn't it like he yeah. was itching for that clear cut chance where he knows if he gets into an area where he can get a clear cut chance and he has shot off he, he was there to score Yeah, and you just feel like if you had a him or a Macaulay Langstaff in our team yeah. he just sat there laughing I mean even that Ali Al um, Mohamed or Amadi mm. or something like that from AFC yeah. Wolverine Someone like him, I mean, they'd absolutely love it in this team. And I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it's something Clough's going to have to look into come January, especially with this Carabao Cup money we're getting, um, to try and reinforce that striker area and try and get goals. Um, but Oates is four weeks away. You never know, he might come back and end up setting world yeah. alight and getting all these goals. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, his end, his end product last few seasons haven't, hasn't been as consistent as what we first saw of him, to be honest. But you, you look at these kind of, these like sort of strikers that like Mullin, and he, like, it's sort of like a Haaland style. And it's only when you you go to games and you see the movement off the ball and it's like, they're just stalking, aren't they? They're like, they're not, they're just waiting for that one thing to drop or that one missed pass that gets, uh, like a missed pass or something like they're just... Like they're anticipating it rather than just yeah, waiting for something Amazing to watch, really. It's like when I was watching Mullin and you, you saw him around the ball, you're just scared about what run he could yeah. make. And it, that that's what I kind of want from my strikers. I mean, Kilo Dunn's that at the minute. You could see they were fearing what run Kilo Dunn would make or what he'd do yeah. with ball. When he was driving with ball, you just saw him just run back instead of mm. trying to hit him because they, they feared him that much. Yeah, um, And we kind of need that striker. So we can put Kilo Dunn into that area that would make that run from when they are running back. A striker just finds a run through their defence and Kilo Dunn slots them through to score. So, when, you, when, you, when, when we're playing the two up front, obviously, Aikens, I think a lot, I know Aikens does get a lot of stick, but I think a lot of his work goes unnoticed in terms of the fact that he's, you know, holding it up, bringing it down and, and bringing other players into play, but he's not someone who's going to score you 10, 15 goals a season. 
I mean, I think he's only scored three, and I think two of them were penalties. I mean, I, I could be slightly wrong there, but it, I know a lot, good percentage of his goals so far this season have been penalties very early on in the season. So you just need someone up alongside him who, like, they consistently stick balling back at net. Do you think this unbeaten run is a bit of a burden at the moment? Yes. Yeah, because I, I feel like... This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Everyone's saying we're unbeaten, all of this, like, and all of that. Yes, it's good from a defensive point of view, but, like, we'd be better off with, like, seven wins and four losses. Like, yeah. it, it's good to be unbeaten. It proves you, you're a solid unit, but it, it doesn't overshadow the fact that if we had seven wins and four losses, we'd be better off. I think it'll certainly be breeding confidence in and around the team. The fact that they can, you know, even just since last night and, you know, being being the only unbeaten team in England in all competitions, I think, you know, that'll it'll certainly be giving everyone a lifting ground. The worry is, obviously, the longer it goes on, it is going to come to an end at some point. So it's it's how we react after that first what, after that first defeat. What scares me, to be honest with you two, is, uh, like, speaking about it, is the fact that, we saw Wrexham, a team who got 100-odd points and 100 goals last season. I think they got come to our place and just sit back and play like they were 1-0 up and defending a lead, like going on to get into like a Champions League final sort of thing. Like mm. They just sat back and did nothing. They didn't want to know about attacking, to be honest, unless it were a counter-attack. Like, that's what fears me. Is this how teams going to play against us now, where they just sit back, play for the draw and... Just think, you know what? It's not worth even attacking these because they'll just open us up, like we did against Stockport. They attacked us, and we just opened them up. Yeah, and I do fear that now we are going to be that team to beat, and people will just sit back against us. And yeah, that's think... when you're going to need someone that's that bit more clinical because chances are going to be harder to come by. So you might only get one, rather, like say, rather than Stockport, <laughs> where when they come and try and play your own game or whatever, they, you know, you're getting several chances. Whereas if you're playing someone who's just going to sit back and and sort of shut up shop from minute one, you're only going to get one or two clear-cut chances and you need really to ball to someone. That's exactly right, put it in Rich. That's exactly right. We only had 10 shots last night and normally we were above 15. And it just proved how much they just sat back and just like, thought, you know what, we'll just we'll just watch these play and uh, hopefully they don't score. And to be honest, if that's our team's going to play against us, we are going to need that strike who will find that cutting edge and just put anything away that comes to them. Mm-hmm. I think was, uh, there was a couple of occasions where we were slightly unlucky as well last night. I don't know if it was someone, I don't know if it was Keeley done had a shot and uh, it just missed Ollie Clark who would have had like a simple tap in and I think it happened similarly off the other post in the same net where the, the rebounds all night just seemed to fall to, to Wrexham players rather than like to one of ours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's interesting what you say about like how teams are setting up against us now. Like, I I've definitely noticed the past three home games: Barrow um, last night, Bradford. But I think Bradford were like, kind of like was the start of this mode where they're just clinging on for a draw. And it's it's only when you like you read through the opposition sort of forums and Facebook pages how relieved teams are to come away with a draw you know like <clears throat> the Wrexham even when we beat Barrow like they were relieved to come away 
with a one with just having considered one. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's like oh my god, you know, we've done all right considering they're unbeaten. And last night, it's like oh, you know, we've we've got we've got a draw against an unbeaten, and it is that. It's like they come, they've like got a game plan. Um, and I think towards in the second half, certainly towards the second half of last night, we just ran out of ideas. We were just trying to put these balls into the box. We're not great at crossing. Um, we'd stopped creating. We stopped opening them up, and um, and I fear that that is just going to be the norm. It'll real really unless we work, unless we really think about how we overcome that. It's just going to stifle any kind of creativity in the team uh, when we're playing at home. Yeah, we're going to have to. There's going to have to be some sort of plan B for teams who are just going to come and. Because, like I say, they're, they're going to limit your chances. And if we haven't got anybody that's going to get that one chance and you know it's going to put it in back at net, then there's going to be a lot more draws between now and end of the season. If you look, if you look at all, all the successful teams, like you know Lincoln in the past, Wrexham, the plan B, they've got, one, they've got plan A, which is run at players, open them up, pass the ball along the floor and um, make things happen. If that doesn't work, toss the ball into a big lad. Um, and get someone running off him, and we just don't got we haven't got the toss the ball into a big lad <laughs> goals in us at the moment. Like we just don't have anybody who's capable of of doing a crossing the ball with any degree of consistency. But then also, you know, in, short of putting Flint up front, there's not really that target man that's just going to get you an ugly um, physical goal, is there? I say that was that was that was the plan B at Colchester, wasn't it? After about twenty minutes, was. Uh... Chucking, chucking Flint up front and, and open, which I suppose when you've got someone of his height and you know when he wins the head as he does, it, it's not a bad option to have. But you would like to have a goal scoring striker that's sort of got that ability and not your centre half that you're having to throw up there. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that Colchester game and how we spent 30 minutes trying to move the ball into him. I think only one actually went to him and we scored from it. and. I think in January when we signed Callum Johnson, I remember sat there thinking to myself and watching his compilation, he can put a bloody ball in box. But I watched him against Colchester and I was like, that's a complete different play to what I've watched. I mean, I know you only see the good in them YouTube short clips, but come on. Like, there's not much there, is there? Yeah, I think I think again last night as well, you know, we had chances, but a lot of the, the final ball and, Obviously, I know it makes it harder when they're sitting in and tucking in and you can't really whip that ball in. But the, the final ball was just, it just seemed to be missing. We're just lacking that bit of a bit of quality delivery. I mean, even even corners, I think if two or three of them were hitting the first man last night or the, if it's not hitting the first man, it's a traditional throw it to Flint at the back stick and hope that he can edit back across and someone, someone get a touch on it and put it in. But... Do, do you do you think they'll go out and try and get another striker in, in January, or do you Clough being Clough think do. he'll just he'll go with what he's got? I hope they do. I really hope they do. You know, we we need it. Put it that way. Because I think I think Moore was probably I know it is I know he has been out injured a little bit, but I think Moore was probably expected of Swan or hoped from Swan when we brought him in on a permanent, and he's I know he got his goal from the spot the other the other night, but. He's not really hit the ground running since he's since he's resigned. We just need some. I think we need somebody else. We've got um, Oates, who's just 
massively injury prone. <clears throat> he's he's just been blighted. His time here has been blighted by injury. He's a fantastic player. Really can make stuff happen in terms of like just running at players and bullying bullying um, defenses. But it's you know we just can't rely on him staying fit. Swan, it's just God knows what's happened to him. Like. Just got his lax belief and confidence, and maybe showing that inexperience a little bit as well. Gale is just not quite the the finished article just yet. Aikens is not not a goal scorer. You know, yeah. he's a he's a he's somebody who holds the ball up and brings others in. <clears throat> so we just don't have that one person. So I'm 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 pretty sure they've got to be thinking about that. Like at the moment. You you would like to hope so. Like say, I mean, Swan and. You know, your Swan, your Gale, and your Oates are all the you know your, your fast, pacey strikers. Like you say, it would be nice to get a sort of a, a more physical number nine in who who does know how to to put the ball back at net and well, providing we can put some decent balls into the box for him. Like, but uh, hopefully we do go out and sign someone, another striker in January. Um, so looking ahead to Wimbledon, what are we both thinking? Prediction-wise, for that one? Um, it's quite an hard one to call, isn't it? Because they've only lost one game, but they've drew five as well. So, uh, my guess is probably like a 2-2, to be honest. Another draw, because if they like drawing, and we love a draw, so 2-2, in my opinion. Yeah. So hard to call, isn't it, this one? Like, um, I didn't realise they'd conceded so little, so few goals. So um, I just hope it's, I just hope they come and try and win a game of football. That's my only hope. We Same. actually went. I went to see um, Stags at Wimbledon last year, and you could see they had like one or two players. Who's the guy there? That's like the star player. I can't remember his name now. That's that Ali player. Ali. Yeah, Al- yeah, yeah. Andy. He was. Cla- I think he scored. I think he scored against us. I can't remember. Yeah, because I, I think they went one 0 up. And then scored we... a hat trick last weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's class. He's class. We just need to contain him. I'm sure, pretty sure we can, um, but um, we just need to start winning games. As simple as that, really. Yeah, they are. They've they've won the last three, um, unbeaten in the last four. So it, you know, it, like I say, it is going to be a, a tough game. But hopefully, they're a team that's going to come and actually try and, and play football and not just turn up for turn up for a nil nil from there. Uh, from minute one and make it a boring game. Hopefully we can nick it one or two nil and hopefully we can get some uh get a couple of goals and get get back up and firing again. So we're not uh so we can think, get some uh, confidence in the front lines. I think if we just continue with these patterns of play and the way that we have like we've just been going out and trying to win games just law of average just says we've got to we like we've got to stick one in and then you know it's going to hopefully be a positive result for us but you just don't know do you yeah i think that's the thing we're we are it's not like we're we're drawing games and playing badly and lucky to get draws but we're, we're drawing games and we're coming away thinking how have we not won that so you know you're going to go through patches where you're probably not going to score every every chance or whatever but if you can keep playing like that and keep and we have to be fair, most most of the season I know we've had a little patches in games where we've we've not been on it and what have you, but overall since for the majority of the season we've we've played good football and each game we are creating sort of twenty plus chances. So 
if you can keep doing that, like you say, a lot, a lot of averages say that, you know, we are going to score more often than we don't and, and pick up, hopefully, get three points more often than not. I think, um, I think to be honest, uh, the games we've played, uh, the 11 league games, we've only played bad in two, and that's Bradford and Colchester. I think we played bad in them too. And the other nine, if we got wins, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, uh, if, we, if we're if we reflecting on a quick run through, crew, we should have won. There's no way we should have drew that game. Um, no. We then won our second game um, against Smallcombe, which we deserved. Um, Doncaster should have won. They got a wonder goal and a rebound, recreated many chances. Um, we then drew to Grimsby, don't know how. Um, and who else have we drew to? Wrexham should have won. I can't even think of the rest. It's... Uh, well, Colchester was a draw. Yeah, Colchester, we didn't deserve a win. We didn't. Brad... Bradford was a draw. Yeah, didn't deserve that. Um, well, we then... deserve that. We deserve that because they were poor. It was just a draw. Um, <clears throat> I think realistically, if we were on nine wins and two draws, it wouldn't even be a shock to me. I'll, I'll put that out there. If we were on nine wins and two draws, unbeaten still, that wouldn't even be a shock. Or even nine. Nine wins, one draw, and one loss against Colchester. That wouldn't even be a shock to me. But the fact we've somehow managed to draw seven games is, wow, I don't even know. I mean, even that Gillingham game, just watching, obviously, highlights, I think Maris had a big chance to make it. And uh, Davis Kieldon had another one where it seemed to come to him and he decided to round the keeper. But I don't know why he didn't. Obviously, I've only seen that one angle on highlights, but I don't know why he didn't try and take it with his left foot and put it past the keeper. He's tried to like round the keeper and then keepers ended up taking it off him. No one's talking about it, but Aikens were literally there in midfield, in the mid, like middle of the net to square it to. No one's seen that. I don't know how. It was the first thing I said to my mate when I was watching it, I said, Aikens is in the middle there. He's got a tap in. He's in front of a defender. All he, all he needs to do is play at him and shoot first time and it's a goal. Like... But I don't know. It, 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 we should be on more points than what we are. But I think I think we will start winning games. But it's going to come to a side where we are going to start to lose some as well. But I think we'll win more than what we will lose between now and, well, next five games. We'll win more than what we lose, to put it that way. Yeah, we just, we're just waiting. We're kind of poised, I think, just to get that win. I mean, I think look, looking back at Crew, I mean, obviously we, we should not have lost that game, but in retrospect, when you look at Crew's other results, they're obviously a really strong home team, aren't they? And they seem to be grinding out results at home. So, on on reflection, it's not I don't know unexpected, I suppose. But you know, at the end of the day, he shouldn't be two nil. He should shouldn't be two nil up and um, for a game where for a game where he like that. Yeah, and it's the goals we conceded two set pieces. I mean, yeah. We should be clearing our lines from first one and second one. It's just, I think the substitution ruined us then because we bring on Flint and no one knows what they're doing straight away from a free kick and the ball just comes into the box and he scores an header, unmarked really. Yeah. And it went, I mean, we should have put chances away anyway before that. When a ball comes across the box and Kilo done its post uh, from about six yards, we should be putting that away. That should have been 3-1, that should have been game over and... We, that should have been three points and we were all going away laughing. Yeah. But now we're sat here and we're on seven draws. Crew, were, crew have only lost one game. 
they're above us on five wins, five draws and one loss like Wimbledon. Mm. It, it's kind of been the story of our season. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> we're in position. Same, same. I think again, like it's the story of last season and this season in a way. Yeah. But it's, it's a theme. There's like a theme here. But on these, on these um, Keeladon chances, I mean, when you hear Nigel Clough interviewed and he's saying he's brilliant and frustrating at the same time, you can really see that, can't you? Like there was almost the chance, the one-on-one chances that he's had have always almost been carbon copies of each other, where he's you know, he's trying to, he's almost like, feels like he's in two minds of what to do, like whether he should stick it away early or whether he should try and round the keeper. And then he doesn't, he does neither and just runs into the keeper and he just gets get collected. Caught, caught in two yeah. minds, can't make his mind on what to I've do. I've seen this earlier. I was like, he scores all the odd shots, gets yeah. gets into an easy position and he messes it up. It's just like, it's like the instinctive one is easier, but when he's got time to think about it, he sort of ends yeah. up second guessing himself and then the chances are gone. It's like that shot that hit the post last night. Like he should never, ever have that chance of scoring from there. But he's hit the post mm. from a position to kind of say, you know what? If he puts that wide, yeah, fair enough. But then you have that Grimsby one where I'm sat there screaming, like, just put that ball in the net, put it opposite side at keeper, and he's not saving it. And the Gillingham one where I'm saying square it or put it in net. And he hasn't. He's, he's so complicating to work out, but uh, he is good. He is a really good player. And to be fair, without his goals and someone stepping up, we'd kind of be a bit doomed, really. Yeah, I think. Uh, and it, it, the other thing is, is keeping hold of him in January. If if we get offers from team, teams, teams in the above league or whatever, because. There's no doubt about it. If Mansfield are one, I don't, and there's been an interview with um, John Radford on Radio Nottingham. I don't know if anyone's anyone's listened to it, but uh, you know he's basically saying that interview that Nigel's been told that they want they want top three this season. And I think you know if we get offers in January for players like that, we're we're going to have to turn it down and make sure that we keep them at the club because they are the ones that are going to give us the best chance of finishing in the top three. I don't see him going in January. I think. Radford's shown how reluctant he is to sell players. We've done it, especially with Danny Johnson, who we're getting offered great fees for, but with six months of of his contract left and uncertain whether he actually wants to be here. I doubt, I doubt Radford will accept anything for a player who is on form, plays well for us, and wants to be here. He won't sell him. No chance. What's he got left on his contract? Eighteen months, is it? Eighteen months from January. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult one, isn't it? Because you just—I mean, you just don't know, do you? I mean, I—I I mean, if I you keep him in your goal, you would think you would automatically sign a new deal for for going up. But if you keep him and we don't go up, then you've got a decision to make in the summer. You either need to get him down on a new contract, yeah, or get a fee for him. Yeah, I think what will happen is you'll get tons of speculation, um, links to all sorts of clubs, Championship, League One clubs and I think we'll end up signing signing extension on, on him personally. I mean, one player who is out of contract uh, in the summer is uh, Alfie Kilgore. He is out. <sighs> he's, he's, on, he's on an 18-month contract. I've just searched up just to double-check it uh, to see if there are any options in there, but I've just double-checked it and there's not an option in there. So he's out in uh, the summer. So hopefully... Uh, we get him back, we sign his contract and jobs are good in, but 
And so I think I think they will offer him a a contract, providing everything goes to plan with his uh, rehab and everything. Um, apparently, Mac is only a couple of weeks away now. Um, although George Maris did limp out very badly yesterday after a game, but then did tell everyone that he was all right. But it was the most unconvincing "I'm all right" I've ever seen. So hopefully, he's all right for Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I like Maris. I think he's one of our best players and people let him go unnoticed, to be honest. Um, I think he weren't as good last night, to be honest. Um, but Kilo Dunn and Aikens kind of had it covered, really, in a way they could create for themselves. Right. I think the mid. I think the, certainly the midfield sort of section of the team is one of them where you know, you no matter what three or four start, you've you've then got another decent couple of options off at bench. It's probably the strongest sort of unit in in the team that we've got. I mean, you know, Aaron Lewis and that was good last night, and so was so was Reed. Clark's starting to find a bit of consistency, and I think he makes a massive difference to the team when he plays as well. Barnett are loving Hartigan as well. No, Barnett are absolutely loving. Oh, I, know scored, I know he scored on Saturday, I think. Yeah, Desaini's one of the best midfielders in the league. That tells you a story as well. But again, things things could have probably been so different for him if we'd have... Because I think he got loaned out the day we played Doncaster and picked up three injuries, didn't we? So, if that transfer had been delayed for 24 hours, he could have found his send in our starting eleven, and then you never know. He's a solid player. I thought he was always good. I remember when we beat Doncaster away at the start of last season, 3-1. And he played an absolute worldie that day. He is a good player. He should never be in National League. But um, obviously, with our midfield options, and as we can see, he just can't get in. Evening, Jay. Evening. How are we doing? All right. Yourself? Uh, not bad. So, what do you think last night? The fact we didn't score two or three. In the first half, still baffles me because their keeper is fucking horrendous. But <laughs> it's what it is. Solid, solid review there. Goalkeeper's fucking horrendous. Love that. Um, uh, predi- prediction for Saturday against Wimbledon? No, no. Bloody hell, you've been spending too much time with Lucas, you have. Jesus. Um, right. Uh, does anybody else have anything to add? As it's now quarter to eight. So if there is nothing else, I will wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Tim, to Harry and to Jay for joining in. And hopefully we'll be back up to a full quota next week. Russ will be back if he's finished gallivanting. I don't know how he dare leave me on my own. I would never do that to him. Um <laughs> And we will see you all again next week. Fingers crossed for three points on Saturday. Night, everyone. See ya. See ya. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.